Good evening and welcome to our live Bible teaching. I'm going to continue a series tonight that I started last week talking about the miraculous, talking about the fact that God still does miracles today. And so last week we, we, we looked at the fact that when the Bible talks about miracles, uh, very often the word translated miracles is the word power. And if you want to understand and walk in and experience the miraculous, we need to understand some things about the power of God. And uh, so we looked at Ephesians. We, we, we were looking at something that Paul prayed for, for the church. And uh, Paul talks about the exceeding greatness of God's power. And he's talking about the power of God that was released at the resurrection of Jesus. See, sometimes as Christians, we, we, we think, well, power is one thing, miracles are something else, or signs and wonders, that's something else. But no, actually, the word that's translated miracles in the Bible is dunamis most of the time, many times, and it's the word power. And that word elsewhere is translated power. Sometimes it's translated might. But these things are, are referring to and talking about the same things. And so if you want to understand the, the miraculous and walk in the miraculous power of God, then it's going to take understanding some things about the power of God. So last week we talked about understanding just how powerful God is. Just coming to the place of beginning to realize that there really is nothing God cannot do. He, his power is unlimited. So often we limit him. But when you look in the Bible over and over and over again, we see incredible displays of what he is capable of doing. Sometimes we get so intimidated by the power of the enemy, the power of darkness. People get intimidated by the, you know, the power of cancer, the power of sickness and disease. And I'm going to talk a bit more about this today because I want to talk about a comparison of power. I want to talk about what happens when the power of darkness comes up against the power of God and, 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 and really just build into us an excitement and a revelation of the fact that there is no match between God's power and the power of the devil. They don't come close. We, 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 we are so where we are in the natural world, we, we see anything of, of, of that's kind of the realm of the spirit or the supernatural. We see any of it as, wow, that's amazing. And, and, and you know, that's why, you know, all the devil has to do is make a, make a little, you know, spirit appear floating over a lake somewhere and, 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 and you know, a little glowing spirit. And before you know it, you'll have a whole cult of people worshiping it and following after it. Because as human beings, we think anything that's spiritual is like, wow. And anything that's, that's you know, supernatural is, is something that we stand in awe of. But this is why it's interesting. The Bible doesn't use the word supernatural. You won't find it in, in, in the original language. The word supernatural is not there. And I believe it's because the word supernatural doesn't, can't really compare anything. You, know, you can say, well, the devil's supernatural, demons are supernatural, uh, you know, uh, demonic forces are supernatural, God is supernatural, angels are supernatural. But there's really no definition or, or comparison between those words. So the Bible doesn't really use the word supernatural. That's a word we've come up with. What the Bible uses is the word power. Because you can compare power. You can, you can compare levels of power. So when God talks about the miraculous, it is a display. It is a demonstration of power. 
just how powerful he is. And this is something Paul wanted us to understand. That's why in Ephesians, he prayed these Ephesians prayers. And one of the things that he prayed is that we would come to, to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power that was worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Because there was a a demonstration of just how powerful God is. Paul talked about the exceeding greatness. That that is power beyond magnitude. Power of awesome size that is thrown way beyond the normal. God flexed his muscles when he raised Jesus from the dead. And he showed just how powerful he is. You see, there's nothing. The the enemy can't come close to the power of God. You know, the, the, the devil. (laughs) <laughs> and we're going to talk a bit about some of these things today because there's a reason why. I want to show you some things. We need to stop being intimidated by darkness. We need to stop being intimidated by what the devil can do. We need to stop being intimidated by anything the enemy can do. People talk about, you know, oh, there's lots of witches in my area. Oh, you don't know. My area is a hard area for the gospel because, you know, there's so many, there's so many wor- devil worshippers in my area. And we have more confidence in the power of the enemy to block the power of the gospel than we do in God's power to break the power of the enemy. And and, and we really need to start getting an understanding of the power that backs us. And and there, there, there is no comparison in reality between God's power and the power of the enemy. You know, the, the devil has never created a universe. The devil has never created a planet. The devil has never created life. The best he can hope for is a clone. (laughs) They're working on that these days. The devil cannot create life from nothing. He can't create something from nothing. He doesn't have the power. The, the, The devil has never yet split an ocean. There are so many things that God has done and can do that the enemy can't do. The enemy's power is limited. And, and, and so many, so many times, <laughs> hi Jackie, welcome. <laughs> Good to have you with us. So, so many times we are intimidated by darkness. We are intimidated by the devil. And people talk about, oh, there's so many witches in this area. And there's so many warlocks. And oh, you don't know. You know, all the, all, they're having a demon, co- the, a, a devil worshippers conference in my area. And oh, you could just feel the oppression. And you go, oh, wow. Oh, you know, oh, the man, you know, we don't know what's going to happen to this area because of all of this. Hey, wake up. You only need one Christian full of God. You only need one Christian full of the power of God who walks in. And I'm going to refer to him a little bit later. But Elijah went up against 450 prophets of Baal. One man. One man up against 450. People say, oh, the, the devil worshippers, they're all having a conference in our area. And oh, man, it's just going to block things. And, oh, the church. And we can't get anybody saved in this area because they're praying against us. Who cares? Who cares? Get a revelation of the power of God that's backing us as Christians. The enemy's power. We need to stop worshipping. You worship with your words. We need to stop worshipping and talking about how big the enemy is and how big and all the things he can do. Christians say, oh, you know, I live in a hard town. There's never been a revival in my town. You know, oh, the people, it's just the enemy's just, his oppression is so big in this town. You know, no, Paul talks about the gospel is the power of God to salvation. 
there is a power that backs us. But the problem is we've not we've not really had a comprehension of that. We've not really got a hold of the, the immeasurable, exceeding greatness of his power that backs us. And as Christians, we've not walked in this. We've not walked in the power of God. I'm going to look at a few examples in the Bible today of, of when the power of God came up against the power of the enemy. What happened? Well, I'll give you a little clue. Not once in the Bible did the power of the enemy win. Not once. The, the devil has never won a single battle against God. The devil has never, ever beaten God, and he never will. He, he keeps trying. <laughs> Welcome, Adam. Good to have you with us. But the enemy cannot. He cannot. And so we need to stop having, we need to stop talking about the fact that, oh, my area is a hard area for the gospel. And, oh, you don't know how many, how many demon worshippers there are. And, oh, you know, you know, if every witch and warlock on this planet got together in a mass worldwide conference and they all prayed and released all their magical arts all in one go, they would not have enough power to move one hair on God's head. Not one. The power of the enemy doesn't match up. The power of darkness does not match up. But we have far more confidence in the power of the enemy to block things than we do in the power of God to break things through. That's why I'm preaching this kind of series, because we need to raise our confidence in what the power of God can do. Many of you who know me, who connected up with this ministry, you know that, 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 that I am believing God for a breakthrough and, and, and for things to start manifesting and happening in this country. Power to start manifesting. But that is going to take some Christians who rise up with confidence and faith in the power of God and have that power manifesting through their lives. We can walk in this. Let's talk about some things. Let's, let's look at some things in the Word. So in Ephesians 1, Paul talks about the exceeding greatness of God's power that was released at the resurrection. When Jesus was raised from the dead, no matter how much the devil tried to keep him dead. You know, put it, let's go back a step. You know, that the devil tried to, to kill Jesus a number of times while he was on this earth. They, there was one time they were going to throw him over a cliff. There was another time, you know, they, they, they were, the enemy was constantly trying to stir things up to kill him. And this one time the Bible says Jesus just walked through the midst of them. This was an angry mob of people who were going to try to kill him. And, and, and they couldn't touch him. He just walked straight, straight out through amongst the whole lot of them. That's, that in itself is supernatural. And Jesus said this. He says, no man takes my life from me. I, I, I lay it down when I choose. When Jesus died on the cross, that's because he said, okay, it's time. Let's do this. The devil was not powerful enough. He tried at the birth of Jesus to, ki to kill him. He tried throughout his life to kill him. The power of death, the power of the enemy couldn't touch him until he said, okay, I'm ready to die. And that's and when, when, when the, the enemy got him on the cross, the enemy thought, ha, I've done it, I've done it, I've finally beaten him. See, the Bible says the enemy didn't know. It was a mystery to them. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't realize he yielded to death by choice. And the enemy thought, I've beaten him, I've beaten him. Yay, I've beaten him. I've finally killed him. And, G and, and, then, and then eventually Jesus rose from the dead a couple of days later. And the power of God came into demonstration and manifested the exceeding greatness of his power. And there was nothing, nothing the devil could do to keep Jesus dead. Because the enemy does not have enough power. The de devil does not have enough power to oppose God. You see, Christians, we need a revelation of this. And not only that, we need to start walking in this. This is, what we, this is part of what this series is about. 
I don't want to just talk about power. I want us to show us how to get this power active, how to get it working and a demonstration in our lives. This kind of power is not just for some Christians. It's not just for some ministers. The Bible shows that the, the power of God working through us is for all of us to walk in. All of us can experience the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Okay? But one of the things, if we're going to really step into this, is to begin to get a revelation of that power at the resurrection. Don't, don't just gloss over this part of the preaching. That's why I'm repeating it. Don't just think, oh yeah, he preached that last week. We need, Paul, this was Paul's prayer for the church. He prayed, Father God, open their eyes. Help them to see, help them to know, help them to understand the power of the resurrection, the exceeding greatness that was released. And in fact, in Philippians 3, many of you might have heard part of this verse before. Paul, we've heard the verse where Paul cried out, that I may know him. Paul, that was his life's mission. In fact, by the time he wrote Philippians, he'd been in ministry a long time, many years. He'd he'd gone out and done his missionary trips, and yet he cries out. The heart cry of his life was that I may know him. But he didn't stop there. Philippians 3.10 says this. You don't always hear the second part of this quoted. He says that I may know him and, not just know him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Paul made it his lifelong goal to come to a greater understanding of the power of God that was released at the resurrection of Jesus. And he said some other things as well, but that's the one we're highlighting for tonight. See, Paul knew this. He knew there's something in the power of God that was released in the resurrection that we need to get a greater understanding of as Christians. And and, and another thing, I'm going to repeat something else I said last week because this is so important. See, many Christians, we've heard that we've got the power of God on the inside of us. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you shall receive power. Christians, we've heard this. Yes, I've got the power of God on me. And sometimes we have a, we have a, a group of us get together and we're worshiping. We go, oh, the power of the Lord is here. And that's great. I'm not, I'm not saying that's bad. But you see, one of the things we've not really gotten a hold of is power in action. Power that happens, power that moves, power that demonstrates. There's a difference between power being present and power being active. Over and over in the New Testament, you will find connected to the word power are a couple of other words. One of those words is, is it means it's energia. It means a display, an operation, active power, active power. As Christians, a lot of the time, we've had the power in us, but it's not been active. It's been sitting there passively. And a lot of Christians say, oh, I've got the power of the Lord in me. Yes, we need to take a step beyond that. We need to start, first of all, believe the power is in me. God has filled me with his Holy Spirit. I've got the power of God in my life. But then we need to start beginning to declare that power is active. The power of God is working through me. It is manifesting through me. It is active power that's on my life, not just passive power. And when active power comes into demonstration, that's when things happen. That's when miracles happen. That's when healings happen. Seems to be one of the hardest things for a lot of Christians to step into is the actual manifestation of power in their lives. A lot of people believe in God for healing, but they don't seem to ever get to the place where power manifests and something happens. And that's because we need to realize that there's a difference between power being present and power being active. 
You can have power present, but you've got to learn how to get it active, how to turn it on, how to get it functional and flowing through your life. Let's look at something Paul, Paul said here in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. There's still some groundwork. I'm heading somewhere with today's message. We need to start putting our faith and our confidence in the power, but in the power being active through us, in the power manifesting and start believing the power of God is manifesting through my life. The power of the Holy Spirit is in me and it is working in my life. Those of you who know about faith, these are the kind of things to start speaking out. I've got power in me and that power is flowing through me. That power is manifesting. It is working in me. Let, let me read here Ephesians 3.20. Many of you will have heard this verse before. Ephesians 3.20, Paul says this, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. See, many of us have heard this. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. But the verse doesn't end there. He says this, According to the power, dunamis, according to the power that works in us. It's not just, he doesn't just say according to the power that is in us. He says according to the power that works in us. That word works is the same word. Energio, it means to be active, to be operational, to, to be on display, to be happening. We, this, this is what a lot of Christians, many Christians are praying, God, we need more power. We need more power. No, you don't need more power. What you need to do is learn how to make the power that is in you active so that it begins to flow through your life and manifest. It's one thing to believe his power is in us. It's another thing to begin to believe that that power manifests. It is working in me. That's why take those scriptures like Ephesians and talk about like he says, now to him is to able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Take that scripture, begin to say, Father, I thank you that your power is working in me. It is active in me. There's a big difference between doing that and saying, oh, God, give us more power. We need more power to show up. That's how a lot of the church pray. But people who believe God, who believe the word of God, see scriptures like that and say, he said that power is working in me. It is active. It is going into activity in my life. We take those scriptures and we begin to believe and say, Father, I thank you that your power is active and it is manifesting in my life. There's a difference between passive power and active power. And if you want the power of God to become active in your life, you've got to start putting your faith in that power. You've got to start believing that that power is present. You've got to start believing that the power of God is in me and the power of God is flowing through me. Faith and the power of God work together. They are, they are twins. They function together. If you don't believe there's any power presence in your life, then, then it's not going to be, there's, you're never going to see it show up. Because it takes faith. It takes believing that it's present. And then believing that it's active and it's working through my life. Okay. Now, let's, 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 with that as the groundwork, let's begin to talk about some things I said toward the start. I said, we need to come to understand the, the difference between the power of the enemy and the power of God. Christians are so intimidated by the power of God, of the, of the enemy. And we, like I said, I, I can't tell you how many people talk about how hard it is to have a revival in their town. Christians all the time. Oh, it's hard to have a revival around here. We haven't had a revival since Jesus walked the planet around our, around our part of town. Oh, you see, it's because there's demon devil worshippers in town. It's because of this. It's because of that. Oh, there's oppression. There's all kinds of things over this area. The power of God can break and smash that oppression. It takes one person with the power of God active in their life to smash through that thing. 
A lot of Christians are praying, God, we need a breakthrough. God, we need a breakthrough. Be the breakthrough. Be the breakthrough. You, be that breakthrough. Begin to stir up the power of God that is on the inside of you. Begin to believe that power is present. It is in me. And I thank you, Father God, that is active through my life. And miracles will begin, can begin to manifest through you. You don't have to be an apostle for miracles to happen through you. God wants his power flowing through every Christian, every believer active in your life, in demonstration. When you step out and believe God for healing, that power that goes into operation in response to your prayers and it becomes active and healing manifests. I'm not saying it'll always be instant, but it happens. Sometimes it will be instant. We need to start to become stirred up about the power of God that is in us and start believing that that power is active and is manifesting. And start to get a revelation of the power that backs us. Let's look at a few scriptures. Let's look at a few scriptures. Matthew chapter 16. Let's start here. Let's talk about some things. When the, the power of God compared to and when the power of God comes up against the power of the enemy. Matthew chapter 16. This is when, when Jesus said to his disciples, who do men say that I am? And then at verse 16, Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who's in heaven. And then he says this, and also I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, see, people have twisted this verse. They've got the wrong thing out of it. It says, because, because in the original Greek, the name Peter and the word rock are very close. One, Peter's name is Petros and rock is Petra. And you see, people see that and they think in, in, entire sections of the church have, have taught this incorrectly. They have taught that Jesus was saying Peter was the rock that I'm going to build my church on. That's not what he, Jesus was saying. Jesus was using a play on words. And he did this many times in, 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 in his teachings. In fact, it's quite interesting. Um, the, 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 the passage which talks about you strain out a gnat but swallow a camel. Many of us have probably heard that verse. It's in Jesus' teaching. You strain out a gnat but you swallow a camel. And, and in, in the English, gnat and camel, two totally different words. So we don't see the play on words that Jesus is using. He's using a teaching technique. Actually, in the original Greek, Nat and camel is almost the exact same Greek word with one letter difference. Can't remember what it is. But when he says you strain out a, something like gumle, I don't know, it's not even the right word, and you swallow a gumla, it's, it's that close. He's playing on the words in order to drive home a teaching point. When he does this with Peter here, he takes Peter's name, that you are, you are Petros, and upon this Petra, I will build my church. The, the word Petra, rock there, is not talking about Peter. He's talking about what Peter just said. What did Peter say? You are the Christ, the anointed one. You are The Christ means the one who was anointed by God. And the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. So this is talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the power upon Jesus' life. You are the Christ. And Jesus talked about this is the revelation that God has revealed to you that, that he is anointed by God and the power of God backs him. 
And Jesus said, on that rock, the revelation of the power of God operational through the Messiah, through the Christ, the Messiah, on that rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against that church, which church? The church that has the revelation of the power of the anointing operating through them. What we're talking about. See, for too long, for too long, the, the, the power of the power of the, the gates of Hades has beaten and prevailed against the church. Why? Because we've not walked in the revelation of the power of God. We've not had the power of God functioning through our lives. We've been intimidated by the enemy. We've been intimidated by hard areas. But God is raising up a group of people who will rise up, fill, full of God, full of the word, full of the spirit and full of power and have that power functional and operational through their lives, flowing through them in manifestation and things begin to happen through their lives. And that power can manifest in you right now. The miraculous power of God can manifest in you right now. We're not looking for some great power to some come out of, where's it going to come from? It's going to come from God. It is within us and God is ready to pour it out through us, to bring it into action, to manifest it, the working of his power over and over again. And Jesus said, that church, which church? The church of our day, the church of the end times is going to be a church that walks in the revelation of the power of the Christ working through me. He says, the gates of hell will never prevail against that church, will not overcome it, will not beat it. Because when we have the power of God backing us, when we are when we are walking in the power of the anointing, and when Christians are functioning in this, darkness can't stop that church. Doesn't matter how much they try. This is why we're focusing on this. We need to start walking in the power and the manifestation and the working of his power in our lives as Christians. Okay? Over and over, let's look at some other scriptures. The devil can't prevail. He cannot beat. He cannot overcome the church that is walking in power. When God's power is backing us and is manifesting and is working, not just passive power, active working power, nothing the enemy can do to come up against that. He doesn't have enough power to beat that church. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7, you've heard these verses before. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, the, the, and the dragon and his angels fought. Well, the dragon there is, there is the forces of the enemy. It's talking about the Michael and his angels coming, and the, 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 the enemy and, the, the, and his angels fighting against each other. Well, who won? Who won? Well, it's, it says this, verse 8. They, the forces of the enemy, did not prevail. Remember, Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church walking in power. It means, in other words, the power of the enemy, he didn't have the power to beat the forces of God. The, the, the devil doesn't have enough power to beat the forces of God. Now, he can do everything he can to blind our eyes to the revelation of the power of the resurrection of Christ that backs us. The enemy has done everything he can to stop the church walking in this revelation. But that's why Paul prayed, God, open their eyes. I pray that people begin to get a revelation of the power of the resurrection that backs us as Christians. And that power working through us and manifesting and functioning in our lives. The enemy can't prevail against that church, cannot beat it. 
Look, let's look at a couple of things in the book of Acts. I want to show you some things. When, when, when the power of darkness came up against, some examples came up against the power of, of God. Just a few. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 is when Philip went into Samaria to preach the gospel. Philip wasn't an apostle. And this, at this time, he was a helps minister. Later on, we see him functioning as an evangelist. But this is right after Philip got promoted to being a helps minister in the church. So you don't have to have a special calling to walk in this. And he goes down to, to, to the city of Samaria. Samaria, he preached Christ to them. And the people's, and, and, and the Bible talks about the miracles in verse 6, the miraculous. That word miracle is dunamis, it's power. Power began to manifest through Philip, working active power in demonstration. It says unclean spirits came out. People who were demon-possessed, people who were lame and paralyzed were healed. Why? That power is in demonstration. It's functional. It's active through Philip's life. And then it talks about a man. There's a man in that area. His name was Simon. He was a sorcerer. Verse 9 talks about Simon. And it says that he practiced sorcery. He was known in that whole area for, for the power that operated through him. Demonic power. It says that he, he astonished people in, in the whole of Samaria. This is before Philip came. So Simon was known in that area for practicing sorcery to the point that Everyone in that area thought he was someone great. Oh, it's the great Simon the sorcerer. And, 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 and says they even called him the great power of God. And it said, and, and when, when, but when Philip came into that area and the power of God began to manifest through Philip's life, what happened? Simon the sorcerer took one look at the power operating through, through Philip and said, oh, I want that. That is real power. And he let go of the sorcery. He let go of what had been happening and that he'd, what he'd been walking in and he received Jesus. He said, I want to believe in Jesus. He, he turned away from that power because he knew it's nothing compared, the power, compared to the power that it was in manifestation through Philip. He, he turned away from that. Simon believed, and it says that he was Simon the sorcerer who knew who had familiarity with demon powers operating through his life, looked at the power of God, and it says he was amazed by when he saw the miracles and the signs which were done through Philip. See, he, he knew that, that that is so much greater than any power I've ever walked in, and he received Jesus. In Acts chapter 13, there's another sorcerer. Let's see what happens with this sorcerer. People are like, oh, you don't know the devil worshippers, the demons. Oh, you have no idea how many witches there are in my area. I don't care how many witches you are, how many witches there are in your area. Get the power of God active through your life. You go in there and the power of God manifesting and working through your life is far greater, far exceeds. We need to stop being intimidated by the power of the enemy. Begin to realize the power of the, that backs us, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the exceeding greatness of his power. There's no comparison between the power of God and the power of the enemy. It's like an ant coming up against a, 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 a battleship or a tank. Even that doesn't compare. And the devil's the ant and this mighty force of the power of God. They don't come close. Like I said, the, the, the devil's never created a planet. He never created the universe. Why? He's not powerful enough. He has tricked us. He has deceived us into thinking that he has more power than the church. 
and he's intimidated us. He's kept us down, but that is changing. The revelation of the word of God, the understanding and the revelation of the power of the resurrection is coming forth. It is, are we going to, are we going to walk in this? That not just passive power, working, active power flowing through our lives as we become vessels full of God, full of the spirit, full of the word of God, walking in faith, walking in the power of God, that power manifesting through us. I believe we are, st- we are in a day. When God is going to manifest through people, not just through ministers, through Christians, through individual Christians, the power of God will manifest through people who start getting a hold of this revelation and start walking in it and start understanding it and start to begin to believe the power of the Lord is in me. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in me and it is active and it is working in my life. (laughs) Acts chapter 13. This is another sorcerer who came along. It's a man called Bar-Jesus. But Acts chapter 13 and verse 6. This is Paul's first missionary journey. Paul is pretty much, uh, this is his, he's just been promoted to apostle. <laughs> and this is his first ministry journey out by himself. Okay? <laughs> it was right at the start of his ministry. He'd done a bit of preaching before this. This is, this is right after the Holy Spirit launched him out into his own ministry. First thing he comes up against is a sorcerer. Paul's not a seasoned minister who's been in ministry for 42 years and knows how to deal with demon powers. He's a rookie at this stage. He's a beginner in these things. He is only just stepping out in ministry. His own ministry. And the first thing he comes up against is a sorcerer. Acts chapter 13 and verse 6. Now when he had gone through, through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew named, uh, whose name was Bar-Jesus who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus. In other words, the the governor or proconsul of the Roman proconsul of that area. And it says he was an intelligent man. But the sorcerer had attached himself to this, the governor and was clearly influencing his life and and, and was trying to use demonic power in that area. And and, and anyway, this this proconsul, he heard about Barnabas and Saul and he wanted to hear the word of God. So he called them. He said, come preach to me. And Paul said, as Paul walked in, he felt, oh, no, no, you've got a sorcerer in this place. Oh, man, I just felt the power of God just leave me right there. The oppression in this area. Oh, my word, we're never going to be able to have a breakthrough in this area. No, Paul didn't say that. He wasn't intimidated. He went right in there and he and, and, and he because he knew the power that backed him was more powerful. And it says in verse eight, but Elymas, he's obviously it wasn't uncommon for Roman people to have more than one name. But Elymas, the sorcerer for so his name is translated, withstood them. He stood against them. He thought, you see, Simon the sorcerer in the previous verse, he saw the power of God and he received Jesus. This sorcerer decides to try to oppose the power of God. He thinks he's going to use his power, his demonic power, the power of sorcery, to stand against the power of God. And it says he withstood him then. Why? Because he didn't want the proconsul to believe in Jesus. He wanted to keep him away from believing Jesus. Why? He knew if this guy starts believing in Jesus, my influence over him is over. So he tried to withstand. Uh, I don't know what he does. We're not really told. doesn't really matter. But what happens is this, verse 9. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. There's that phrase we've been preaching on for the last few weeks. Filled with the Holy Spirit. He looked intently at the sorcerer. 
Paul was not intimidated. He was not afraid of the demonic power operating through this guy. Why? Because Paul knew that the power that backed him was more. He looked at him and, and that the power that was in Paul went into manifestation. It became working power. And Paul looked at this man and, 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 and he, he says, you know, oh, full of deceit and fraud and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of righteousness. Will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And then a miracle happened. The miraculous power of God came into demonstration. And in verse 11, it says, now indeed, that this is Paul speaking, speaking to that sorcerer. He says, the hand of the Lord is upon you. And not in a good way. Normally when the hand of the Lord comes upon someone in the Bible, that means the anointing in a good way. In this instance, it's not. But that word, the hand of the Lord, means the power of God. It's talking about the power of God is upon you and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. Paul said, the power of God's going to come upon you and you're going to become blind, boy. <laughs> Your sorcery can't stop that. And this isn't sickness and disease. This is a sign and a wonder. This is miraculous power coming into demonstration in the lives of those who try to oppose the people of God. And it says, immediately a dark mist fell on him and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Immediately the power of God just... This dark mist came over the sorcerer and, and he, he was blind. So much for his power. So much for all his sorcery and influence. It was no match for the power of God. And it says the proconsul saw that happen and he believed. He turned to Jesus and he was astonished at what he saw happen. Power of God in manifestation. We need to stop being intimidated by the power of devil. There is no part of this country there is not a single part of the United Kingdom. And if you're in another country, it applies to your country too. There is not a single part of this country where the power of the devil is more powerful than the power of God. And the power of the devil is able to stop the power of God coming into manifestation. Not a single area. We need to stop being intimidated by this. We need to start believing in working power through my life, demonstrating active power coming into manifestation that can start to cause change in an area and cause the gospel and the power of God and revival to break out in those areas through you. People say, God, send a revival. Be the revival. Walk in the manifestation of the power of God. People say, God, send a breakthrough. Be the breakthrough. It's in you. The power is in you. Amen. A little bit of a preach tonight. But it, I want to get people stirred up about this. I want to get people to begin to get a revelation of the power of God working through me. Active in my life. Here's another one. Acts chapter 19. We're talking about the miraculous. Well, today we're looking at the miracles that happened in the face of opposition, in the face of demonic opposition. The power of God manifested and caused things to, ha to happen and change. Acts chapter 19. Paul, Paul comes to Ephesus. And in Ephesus, Ephesus was a town where, where there were people practicing magic. There were, there were people operating in demonic powers and demonic forces, not in the power of God. And what happened? It says, now God worked unusual miracles. Miracles, there's the word power. God worked. Do you see the word works again? It's the same word. God demonstrated. In other words, power in Paul came into action. It worked through Paul. That's why I said very often you'll see the word power and you'll see words like working, demonstration. Very close in the verses you'll see that. 
the power that worked, the power that was in demonstration that God worked through Jesus. So God worked. He put power into motion in Paul's life. Unusual power. Let's change the word miracles to power. God brought operational power through the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them. Evil spirits went out. De demons couldn't resist that power that was demonstrated through him. Then it tells us about a group of Jewish exorcists. Now, they weren't operating by the power of God. It's evident by what happens. They weren't yielded to God. But they thought they'd try and copy Paul. They thought, well, you know, let's, let's copy the power coming through Paul. We'll use the powers that we yield to and the same things will happen. And they tried to cast out a demon spirit. And you know what happened? They got themselves in a mess. That demon spirit jumped, the, oh, jumped on them and overpowered them. <laughs> you can't duplicate the power of God. You can't fake it. You've either got it or you don't. Right? Unfortunately, as Christians, we've got it. And anyway, what it says a little bit later, this is the same area. Because of the power working through Paul as he preached the gospel, verse 18 says, Many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. And also many, notice this, of those who practiced magic, brought their books together and burned them. They, they began, they, all of the magical arts in that area, people began to realize that is nothing. There's no power in those things. They saw the power working through Paul's life. They came face to face with a power that far exceeded anything that they had ever come into contact with trying to worship the devil. And they began to realize that is real power. That's like Simon the sorcerer. He saw the power manifesting through Philip. And he said, that is real power. I want that power. And he abandoned the demonic forces. And you see, these ones were wise. They walked away from the power of the enemy and, because, and they believed in Jesus. That other guy, by Jesus, the sorcerer, Elemas, he, he, he wasn't quite as clever. He thought he'd stick to his demon power. And that's when he, the power of God hit him. And, 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 and he realized <laughs> none of the power in my life can, can stand up against the power of God. Magical arts are not more powerful than God. And so the people, they burned their magical arts. They turned from them. And then verse 20 says this. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed in that area where there had been demonic magical arts throughout that whole area. It took one man, Paul, filled with the power of God and the power of God working and manifesting through his life to break that power in that entire area. And the word of God began to grow and prevail. That word prevail means that it became a force. It became a power in that area. The word of God grew to being a power in that area where previously the power of the enemy had been dominant. This is good. This is good stuff, people. We need to start beginning to understand this. We need to stop being intimidated. Because God is raising up a group of people, I've said this in the last few weeks, of people who believe God, of people who begin to step into the power and the manifestation of God. They begin to have confidence in the power that is in me and the power that is working through me. You, you're not going to do this if you're just functioning as a Christian and never spends time praying and never gets filled with God and never gets full of the word and lives a carnal Christian life. You'll find that power short circuits. You've got to become a vessel that the power can flow through if you want it working in your life. 
but you become a vessel that the power can flow through and that power starts to work and come into manifestation in your life. There is no demon force that can overcome that. There's no power of darkness that can beat that power. Let's look at one last example in the Old Testament. Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 18. Every one of these we've looked at tonight are times when the miraculous came into demonstration and broke demonic influence over an area and over people's lives. This is manifest power. This is working power. This is power in action. This is the power that raised Jesus from the dead that backs us. This is the power that backs us as Christians. Rather than trying to say, oh, we need a, we need a breakthrough. We need, we need this to happen. What we really need is we need to do exactly what Paul said. And Paul prayed get, that they would get a revelation. Open their eyes, God, to the power of the resurrection that is in them and that is working in them. Then you'll get your breakthrough. <laughs> 1 Kings chapter 8. Thanks, Carlos. Yes, we do. We do have the power of God on the inside of us. But it's not passive power. It's active. It's working power. This is what this is what I'm emphasizing today. A lot of times people say, yes, I've got the power of the Lord in me. I've got the power of the Lord in me. But it never shows up. We want there's a difference between power present and power active. Working power. That's why over and over through the New Testament, you see when it mentions the word power, you'll find right within a few words of that, sometimes right next to it, you'll find words like energia, which is active, operational, working power. Not just power, it's working power. And that's why Paul prayed in Ephesians 3.20, the power that works in us, that is the power that is operational and functional and active in us. It's manifesting through me. Some of you need to begin to start speaking this out and begin to say, Father, I thank you that the power of God is active in my life. It is manifesting through me. I have the power, but it's not passive. It's working through my life. Begin to put confidence in the manifestation and the working of that power through you. When I lay hands on the sick, that power goes into activity and it manifests. 1 Kings chapter 18. Let's get this. This is the last scripture. It's when Elijah... Elijah came up against the prophets of Baal. And many of us know the account, but the prophet, this is, you know, people, oh, Jezebel and all the power she had and all this, that and the other. You know what? It took one prophet from God to smash that power, break it. And Elisha continued on with that anointing, but, but there was one after the other. One at a time, one of them present had was enough power to smash the power of, of Baal worship and all these kind of things. There's been so much preaching about Jezebel that there are Christians that are afraid of the power of Jezebel. We need to start get, stop getting intimidated by these things. People, oh, Jezebel in this area, Jezebel in this area. No, God in me manifesting through me, breaking that thing. And I mean, I am passionate about this, but we need to stop having confidence in the power of the enemy in our areas. And start rising up as the people of God, backed by resurrection, working, demonstrated power, functioning through our lives. One Elijah against 450 prophets of Baal. People say, oh, we need the Elijah ministry today. No, we need Christians who get the revelation that Paul prayed for. And then you will get things like Elijah ministries. Paul prayed, 
open their eyes, help them to see the power of the resurrection that is working and that is manifesting in their lives. If you stop reading books about Jezebel and start reading books about the power of God, maybe you'll actually get somewhere in this. <laughs> and I might have said it has sounded angry when I said that. I had no plan to say that. Some, some of you need to stop reading books about Jezebel all the time and start reading books about the power of God. Stop putting your faith in the power of the enemy to break, to, 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 to stop things in the church. The enemy wants you reading those kind of books. He wants you intimidated by his power. He wants you afraid of what he can do. Because if you do, if you are afraid and intimidated by him, you'll never start functioning in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul, Philip, Stephen, Elijah, these were men who had a revelation of the power of God walking, operating through and working through their lives. And it is time in the United Kingdom for a group of Christians to arise who believe God. And I'm going to keep preaching this and people start connecting up and gathering up around me on this and say, yes, we are going to unite in that. We are going to be a people who are going to see the power of God manifest coast to coast in this nation. And we're going to believe, we're going to be a people who believe God. And there's no Jezebel, there's no power of the darkness, there's no demon force. doesn't matter what it is that can stand against them. There are no hard areas in this country. And revival will manifest through us. Amen. Let's try and get back to Elijah. Elijah, he, he said to God I, in verse 22, I'm alone. There's 450 prophets of Baal. But he wasn't intimidated by that. He said, fine, let's do it. Your power up against my power. So he said to them, he said, Let, let's take two bulls. I'm paraphrasing what happened. He says, you take a bull, I'll take a bull. And you can go first if you want to. I don't mind. I'll stand back and watch. Let's see your power manifest first. He challenged them to a power duel. Whose God is going to show up? <laughs> and it says that the prophets of Baal, they took their bull, they cut it, they laid, they made their altar and their sacrifice. They got it ready. They didn't light it. And they and they, it says there that they began to call on the name of their God. They prepared. They called Baal. Oh, Baal says from morning until noon, they cried on Baal. Verse 26 says this. There was no voice and no one answered. <laughs> Somehow their power switched off that day. I don't know if they'd had any power before then, but nothing happened. People think the power of the devil can block the power of God. No, it's the other way around. The power of God can block the power of the enemy. Hear the prophets of Baal crying out, oh, oh, Baal, answer us. And the Baal over and over again, and a couple of times in this passage, it says no one answered them. No power manifested through them. To the point that Elijah mocked them. See, here's a man who had the power of God operating through his life. And the power of the enemy could not stand up against that. Elijah says, verse 27, Elijah mocked them. He says, cry louder. Maybe your God can't hear you. Maybe he's deaf. <laughs> He says, maybe he's busy. Maybe he's going on a trip. Maybe you need to shout, oh, Baal, oh, Baal, where are you? He mocked them. He says, maybe your God's asleep. Elijah's not intimidated. He's not afraid. Well, he knew the power that backed him. 
And so they got they got angry. They got and they and then they began to get even more determined. They cried out and they they started to cut themselves like they did. Nothing happened. And it says no power manifested. No one answered. No one paid attention. <laughs> all of their all of their power over that nation and all of their dead religion and what they were trying to do. Nothing. No power manifested. Finally, Elijah said, "Right, my turn." Now, they'd taken all day trying to get their God to manifest. And the Bible says Elijah got, got the altar ready. And then he said to them three times, he said, pour water on, pour water on, pour water on. They soaked that whole thing. Now, remember, this is about God getting that thing to light up. So Elijah made it harder for God. He said, soak it, make it wet. I'll show you what my God can do. So there's water everywhere, all over the ground, soaking the whole area. Now, Elijah didn't spend the whole night crying out to God. It didn't take him hours. He didn't have to do any chanting. One time, the Bible says, at the hour of, uh, hour of the evening offering, Elijah came and he said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God. This is when the power of God came up against the power of, the, of, of Baal worshippers through Elijah. He said, and I am your servant and that I've done all these things in your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. That's all he prayed. Didn't pray out for days, for the whole day like they, they, they bunch did. After he prayed that, the, verse 38 said, then the fire of the Lord fell. The fire of God fell and consumed that entire sacrifice. This is the power of God up against the power of the enemy. I'll tell you who wins every time. Our God, he is far more powerful. Don't ever be intimidated. Whether it be cancer, brain disease, don't ever be intimidated by the power of something. Begin to have confidence and believe that God is powerful. God is able. God's power can manifest. God's power can smash revival through any town, any city, any part of this country. There's no power of the forces of darkness that can stop it. Fire came down from the Lord and consumed the entire sacrifice. Not only that, it burnt the wood, the stones, and it burnt up all the water in the trench. <laughs> That's the power of God in manifestation. That, and that was in the Old Testament. Paul taught, said, we are backed by the exceeding greatness of his power. It's time that Christians stop getting afraid by the power of the enemy. Stop, stop posting all over Facebook all the time about the enemy. This, oh, look at what the devil's doing. Look at what the devil's doing. Oh, look at what the devil. Oh, the devil's doing this. Oh, the devil's doing this. Oh, the devil's doing this. You know what that's causing in people? Fear. Christians are getting afraid and intimidated. Concerned about everything the enemy's doing. Start consuming yourself in the word of God and become consumed about what God is doing become a vessel that his power can work and manifest and demonstrate through right after the fire of god fell look at verse 39 it says now when all the people saw it everybody there saw that power saw that fire was visible they saw the fire of god come into manifestation and they fell on their faces and they said oh oh god oh the lord the lord the lord he is god he's god and they turned to God. 
because the power of God came into manifestation. Every single one of these passages, all these different examples I've written you. In Ephesus, Paul came in there with manifest working power through his life. In Acts chapter, unusual miracles, that means worked. God worked unusual miracles. That means the, the, the display and operation of active power operating through Paul's life broke through the power of those magical arts in that area. And by the end of it, the whole town was in revival and people were receiving Jesus. Same thing with, 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 with Philip. He went into that area. It doesn't matter if that there was some great sorcerer in the area. Power manifested. It went into action. It went into operation through, through Philip's life as he preached the gospel. Broke the power of that. And even the sorcerer himself turned to Jesus. And here again, same thing. Moses faced, I'm, I'm going to finish in a minute. Moses faced demonic forces, magical uh, magicians, all kinds of things in Pharaoh's court. Who won? God's power won. Daniel faced opposition. Who won? They tried to throw him in a lion's den. God's power, God's power took care of that one. The three Hebrew children, they were thrown in a fire. God's power took care of that one. See, the power of the enemy, that the enemy is not powerful enough to beat God. So let's begin to raise our confidence. The Bible says, my father is greater than all. He really is. Bible says, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, the greater one lives on the inside of me. John 10, 29, Jesus talked about, my father is greater than all. Greater. He's greater. He's greater. He is greater. He's greater than that cancer. He's greater than that than that brain disease. He is greater than, 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 than that heart condition. He's greater than that physical condition trying to attack your body. Begin to build, build confidence in the fact that God is greater. His power is greater. And His power is working in me. People go, oh, you know, you don't understand. I've got a cancer in my body. No, you don't understand. You've got power in you. You've got power in you. Power that beats cancer is in you. If you begin to get, begin to understand how to get that power, people say, how do I get it working? First thing, put faith in that power. Put confidence in that power. And then begin to start speak out and believe power of the Holy Spirit is working. It is manifesting. I'm not waiting for that power. Paul said that power is working in me. He is greater. So I, I've, I've had a good preacher anyway. I'm going to go home happy while I am home. But I trust you guys get, get a hold of this. I really do. I'm doing this series on miracles and really about the power of God because Christians need to start rising up and start having greater confidence in the power of God. We need to start having much, much more confidence in what God can do through us than what the enemy is trying to do. And if we begin to start getting a greater understanding, greater confidence in what God can and will do through us, then you'll start to see some things breaking through. There's a lot of Christians that don't know how to get a breakthrough. They're praying for a breakthrough. What they need is a group of us, us, people who believe the word of God, people who know how to believe God, who will begin to rise up in these areas and be the, 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 be the person the power of God manifests through in your area. You don't even have to be a preacher. You can be a helpsman. You, 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 anywhere. But the more and more people that start stepping into this, people think, oh, you know, I've had people say, well, the, the revival is going to break out in this town. Or, you know, revival is going to break out in that town. I'm not convinced revival is going to break out in one place. 
I've said this before. It's not going to be known as, you know, the Brownsville revival and the this revival. Oh, it's the London revival. It's a, it is the power of God beginning to manifest through his people all in, in, in multiple areas at once. As we begin to take the word of God and begin to believe, power of the Holy Spirit operates through us. So get a hold of this series. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you. Let's just pray. Father God, I thank you right now. I thank you. We, we thank you that your power is greater. You are the greater one. You are greater than that cancer. You are greater than that condition. You are greater than those different conditions that, uh, that, that people have in their lives. You are greater than physical attack. You are greater than the enemy. You are greater than, 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 than broken bones and missing body parts. You are greater than blindness and deafness. You are greater. You are the greater one. And we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit in manifestation. We thank you that your power is working and is manifesting in people right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you right now. We, begin, we trust you, Lord, as a group. We stand together and we believe for the manifestation and the working of that power coming into manifestation, causing miracles and signs and wonders and healings to people as they listen to this message. We thank you for that, Father God. It's for your glory. This isn't, this isn't for me. This is your power and it's for your glory. And I thank you for that right now. Thank you that your power is working and manifests in people's lives. I give you the glory and the honor for that in the name of Jesus. And Father, like Paul, I pray that you'll open the eyes of our understanding. Help us to begin to see. Help us to begin to know. Teach us about the exceeding greatness. This the exceeding greatness of your power which you worked in Christ. That power that went into motion and into activity wasn't passive power. That was demonstrated power working through Christ. Help us to understand and to realize that not only do we have the same power in us, but that power is working. It's active in us. It's ready to manifest through us. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And we give you the glory. We give you the honor. And we thank you for the things that you're doing. Thank you that this nation will experience the manifestation of the power of God. And that word of God will grow mightily and prevail in this nation. And in the nations of the other people listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. I'm getting more and more passionate about this and I'm going to get even more passionate about this because we are pressing into some things. And that's why I'm calling people. I'm calling people to begin to gather around this vision, begin to gather around what I'm, what I'm, what I'm preaching here. Let's become a united force that stand together on these truths and, let the, and become a, a people who believe God. And I thank God that people are connecting up with this, but I believe more and more are going to do so. And thank you. I have been seeing the comments. I've been trying to read them as I've been preaching here. Thank you for that. I see the hallelujahs and all the different things. And, and, and thank you for that. But praise God. And thank you for joining us. And we'll be back with some more next week on the miraculous. Just uh, one other thing. I have started online Bible courses as well. I'm just letting people know about this. Uh, there's a separate website where we do online Bible courses. It's just because I want to get the word of God out to more and more people. So it's from these shores dot online from these shores dot online. The Bible courses started this last Saturday. I teach live in the Bible courses over webcam like this. And then I put other resources up as well. But we're doing a series on the covenant, uh, walking in covenant relationship with God. And we're also doing a series on New Testament truth. So if anyone wants to, and there will be other courses after this. So you're welcome to take a look and you can, can, can register for the courses on from these shores dot online. So thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Rosie. And thank you for everyone else. Thank you, Mark. 
and uh, God bless you. And we will see you again uh, next week for some more. Have a good week and be blessed.